Welcome to Ghostly. Rebecca, how was your fourth? Oh, it was a lot of fun, Pat. How about yours? It was good. I did a little grilling and, um, you know, looked at some fireworks, the usual thing. That's all you need, right? That is all you need. Grilling and and fireworks. And it wasn't too hot and it wasn't too cool. It was perfect weather, I would say. Oh, that's good. It was a little sticky for me. Yeah? Yeah. But uh, but uh, it wasn't as hot as it's been, so yeah. that's good. So uh, you were telling me that you almost got attacked by a hawk, too. Oh, yeah. I've been trying to forget about that. Well, I'm not. <laughs> I remember this. It was, yeah, it was kind of crazy. I was coming outside to, to look for fireworks, and yeah. there was a bunny out there. What? And, and uh, when I started walking out of the house, the bunny, of course, ran away which I guess triggered the hawk and it flew like really close to my face. It was- Like uh, how close would you say? I would say like a foot away. A foot away? A foot or two, wow. two away. Yeah, like it was too close for comfort. Wow, how did that make you feel? Yeah, it was shocking. Yeah, what if that was a ghost? That would also be shocking. Ghost like bunnies too, right? I don't know. I think it would depend on the ghost. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I guess, you know, we should just do it. Maybe you should just tell us about the polls from our Ouija episode. Oh yeah. Let's just dive right in. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So time to vote on the Ouija board episode was the title of our, our poll. Uh, are you, are, are Ouija board boards real? Uh, 79% said yes. They talked to spirits. 21% said no, they are just a game. Okay, well, definitely hashtag Team Believer pulled that one off again. Uh, I I think that there was a lot of uh, great comments on, on that post. We had a lot of good stories, And yeah. just in the episode in general. Mm-hmm. We, we got a lot of messages and a lot of emails about it. And we're trying to get to everyone's emails uh, and process them as fast as we can. So yep. if we didn't respond to you, I, I apologize. Um, but I would like to point out that I never said that I believed that the Ouija was a game. Uh, I just don't think it's actually something that works in communicating with the dead. Okay. So. So should we should redo it? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm just saying that, you know, maybe people took that literally and they're like, it's not just no, it's that it's a game. And they're like, I don't think it's a game. So I don't know. Yeah. I think I would have got a couple more votes. Maybe. maybe, maybe. Well, we and we did also, I think, have a, some people that talked about how they were in between. Yes. That sometimes they think it works and sometimes it doesn't. To me, I feel like if you think that it sometimes works, then you think it works. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, like, or that it can. That there's a possibility of right. it. Yeah. So, but there was a lot of hashtag team tweenies, though. <laughs> tweenies? Is tweenies. this your new phrase? Yes. Hashtag for- team tweeny. Tweeny, I don't, I don't know if I like that, but in between, in uh-huh. betweenies, okay, you know? yeah. I mean, we do want that opening. The problem is, unfortunately, I think when we give the the third option, then it really skews the results a little bit. It does, yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, this isn't this isn't going to go down in history books. I don't think. As oh, far it's going as, down <laughs> in history books. This is <laughs> this is what the world thought. These are these are just ghostly fans and. Um, Unfortunately, the world does not all listen to ghostly yet. Yeah, we got to keep working on that. Spread the word, everybody. We do, yeah. So tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies even. (laughs) Tell anybody you can that there is a ghostly and it's good. Yeah. 
So today's episode is about our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, in honor of the 4th of July. I'm really excited about this episode, although I I saw, I kind of peeked ahead and I saw you have a lot of evidence I do. To present. Yeah, there's a lot of stories out there. I'm going to do my best. Um, Just remember, I don't. I, I I'm not condemning anyone's you know belief in whatever. So please, you know you don't need to send those mails because I I actually hope that you have belief. I just don't. You know. But it's okay to embrace your skepticism. I I do embrace it. Yeah, it's all right. There's, I wish there, there, I wish I wasn't a skeptic though. I wish I could just openly believe these things. I just happen to question things too much. Mm. So I, I guess we should just go right into the history then, right? There is a lot of history to get there to. There is a lot of history. So I think that's a good idea. Yeah. So uh, here's the thing about Abraham Lincoln. There's so much history out there. Uh, you can get it from many different sources. I got a lot of mine from the book um, Team of Rivals, The Political Genius of Abraham Lincoln by Doris Ke- Kearns Goodwin. Uh, it's an amazing book on Lincoln and his life, but it's fairly long, right? Yeah, no, I've read it. It's it's uh, it's a good book, but yes. yeah, definitely very dense. Lot yes, in it. it is definitely a lot of information, and it doesn't just talk about his political views, although it does cover that. It mm-hmm. talks about his life too. In, oh, absolutely, in great detail. Yes. So, um, it is long. It is a long book, but I have a pretty long commute each day to work. I take the train, I take the bus, I, you know, walk, I, you know, hoverboard, I do all those things, you know, to get to work. Um, I I would fly if I could. If I had wings, I would fly (laughs) to work, but I don't. So it's a long commute. So sometimes when I'm not listening to podcasts, I like to listen to a good audio book. It's a good choice. Yeah. And that gives me a great segue to tell you about our new sponsor, Audible. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering all ghostly listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. You just go to audibletrial.com ghostly and browse their extensive selection of audio programs. Download a t- title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com ghostly to get started today. Yeah, so you can get Team of Rivals, The Political Genius of Abraham Lincoln by Doris Kearns Goodwin, which I definitely recommend, mm-hmm. or uh, any other book that you want for free. Actually, if you want a fiction Lincoln book, I'm about to start reading a book called Lincoln in the Bardo, which, I, of course, I didn't have the author memorized in my mind, but I'm oh, okay. really excited. But you'll uh, put that in the show notes. I will put so. it in the show notes. And there is a thing about, uh, it's Lincoln's ghost. So I'm super excited. Anyway, so get to download your free audiobook today. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash ghostly. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com slash ghostly for your free audiobook. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really glad to be partnering with, you know, with Audible. There, I've been... I've been a member of Audible for a very long time. Yeah. I actually had to bring my membership down to a like um, w- one book every other month because it was getting to be too much with all the podcasts I listened to and everything. <laughs> but yeah, there, it's a great, it's just a great resource. Well, and there's a lot of options, as you just said. I mean, you don't necessarily have to have some huge subscription that you- So many. And they have, have like a ton. They have Harry Potter. 
Uh, they the do way. have Harry Potter. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so because there's so much information about the life of our beloved president, we talked about this for a while, and we thought we'd take a look at a slightly darker side of his of his history. Uh, we're going to focus on four areas of his life that not many people think of when they hear the name Abraham Lincoln. So we're not going to give you all the details that you already know. We're going to try to talk about things that you might not know. Now, the four areas that we're going to look at are his early life, his marriage, his elections, and the death of his sons. Yeah, and I think part of it is also trying to look at him as a person. Yeah, I really want to bring uh, the humanity to him. He's he's definitely, you know, one of our nation's fathers. I mean, he he mm-hmm. really he really set precedent. And um, you know, I I just think that there's a lot that people don't know about him. And you know, to make him a human being makes him even more special. Yeah, I mean, in Illinois, we love Lincoln. Obviously, this is the, the land, land of Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> so it's there's definitely a lot of of a uh, Chicago, Illinois. to to Lincoln and I think we learn a lot about him in school but there's so much that you have in here that you know we definitely didn't even learn definitely not yeah so when you think about Abraham Lincoln what are some of the things that come to mind like what would you say his you know his character is oh um decisive decisive yeah I can see that yeah really uh, smart smart he's a lawyer yeah well, he was a lawyer not because he went to school, but because he did it on his own and passed the bar. Yeah, there, see, that's that's Smart. unheard of. Could you imagine that today? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you can do that. Yeah, you can, but but I don't know who's going to hire you then. That. <laughs> Probably true. Yeah. So what I have down though is when I think of Abraham Lincoln, I I, I think he was very intelligent. I think he was witty and he was very clever. Mm-hmm. Some of his comebacks from things, just very, very clever. Yeah. And, you know, I really see the brilliance in him in that. But he also suffered a lot from depression. Mm. Um, the things that everyone knows about Lincoln would be that he won the Civil War for the North. He brought about emancipation to the slaves and was nicknamed Honest Abe. Yep. Right. Those are core things that we know about Lincoln. So those are not things we're going to talk about at all. (laughs) So let's focus on his early life first to get started. Uh, This is not going to be in chronological order as I'd like to section it off a little bit. Okay, But you are starting with early life. I am starting with his early life. Okay. So Abraham Lincoln was born February 12th, 1809 in a one-room log cabin in Sinking Spring Farm, Kentucky to Thomas and Nancy Lincoln. Now, I, I really didn't know until I started researching and, you know, listening to the audiobooks and stuff about Lincoln that he was born in Kentucky. I always thought it was Illinois. Yeah, I did too until I started doing more reading. I swear I heard, you know, Illinois, the birthplace of Abraham Lincoln. Well, I think that's what we, we like to say. That is what we like to say. Yeah, we like to think everyone was born here. We have a Chicago connection with everybody. Everything, always. Yes. So one thing people don't usually think about, though, is that he was the first president that was born outside the original 13 states. Oh, that's super interesting. Right? Yeah. I mean, everybody else was one of the original 13 colonies. So Wow. Yeah. So he was born as a middle child. Uh, he has a sister named Sarah, or had a sister. He doesn't currently. Uh, you know. <laughs> Spoiler alert. And his brother Thomas died in infancy. His father was not really a successful man. 
he lost most of the land that he owned in legal disputes over property titles. So they moved to Indiana in 1816. Again, I didn't know he lived in Indiana. Uh, Abe said it was partly on account of slavery because Indiana, unlike Kentucky, was a free state. Okay. So already there was a divide between him and a lot of the people that he grew up around. Yeah. Yeah. So his parents were members of, of the separate Baptist church, which forbade alcohol, dancing, and slavery. Okay. So it's kind of like Footloose with the added slavery thing in there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so on October 5th, 1818, Abe's mother died of milk sickness. Mm. I'm going to call him Abe. I hope you guys don't mind. I guess I'll be okay. You don't want to call him President Lincoln the entire episode? No, okay. it's too much. <laughs> but yeah, his mother died of milk sickness. And Aww. I had to look up what that is because that's not something you hear about right? anymore. Right? Yeah, no idea. So milk sickness is kind of like a poisoning. Uh, it's caused from drinking milk from or eating cows that have eaten the white snake root, Whoa. which contains a poison called Tremetol. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Abe was nine? Uh, yes, he was nine. Okay. Nine-ish. Yeah. Because he was born in February. So, yeah. So nine. a little bit over nine, yeah. I think. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Um, and that, you know. And that sounds painful. So, so his younger brother died. Yeah. His mother died. You know, this is definitely, this, this is a pattern that mm. we're going to see a lot with Abraham Lincoln. Um, his father quickly got remarried to a widow named Sarah Sally Bush Johnston. She got like 10 names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she had three children of her own from her previous marriage. Um, Abe became really close to his stepmother as she encouraged his reading and further education. It is nice to hear a story of a positive stepmother. Yes, absolutely. You know, I don't think he would have been the same person had it not have been for his stepmother. Yeah, I think that's very true. Although his father didn't really care what she had to say about it. He had his own views of Abe. Mm. Abe valued education above anything. He would walk miles just to borrow books. And his parents were actually illiterate. And his stepmom was illiterate as well. Oh, wow. But she wanted her kids to be able to read. She saw value in it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Lincoln's father thought that Abe was just reading books to get out of doing his chores. I mean, that might have also been partly true. Well, Abe was a man of great stature. Uh, he, you know, he was physically, he was physically built. Mm -hmm. And therefore, people thought that he should be working even harder than he was. Yeah. So that has to do a lot with it. So on January 20th, 1828, Sarah, Lincoln's sister, died while giving birth to a stillborn son. Oh, wow. So now we have another death. So that's three deaths of his immediate family. Yeah. At the age of 21, Abe moved to New Salem, Illinois. Ah, finally, Illinois. Illinois, finally in here. But that was at the age of 21, and we take such credit for Abe. You know? <laughs> hey, listen, this is where <laughs> he made his career. It so. is, yeah. Uh, most of the family also moved at the same time due to fear of milk sickness outbreak. I, I don't know if they didn't know what caused it. Oh, but um, yeah, probably yeah. not. So there was a lot of it going on, and they just wanted to get away from that area. Sure. 
Abe became increasingly distant from his father because they didn't see eye to eye. And now that he's 21 years old, he could you know, venture out on his own. He didn't have to listen to his father much. One of the problems Abe had with his father is that his father would make him not only do his chores, but because Abe was of great physical ability, he would make him help other farmers in the area. And then his father would collect the money that he got from working their lands. Oh, so he was, okay. So this could have been why Abe was so anti-slavery. You know, he he would write a lot too, and there was a lot of written accounts and spoken accounts of him comparing that to slavery. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... Obviously not as bad as slavery, but yeah. but conceptually, I suppose at least it gets you especially to towards someone, that intellectual argument. Yeah, of, to someone that's young, you know, this was happening his yeah. whole life. Mm-hmm. So I mean, someone that's you know under twenty one, that's you know working and not getting any money for it, doing extra work. Yeah, you know, uh, he didn't enjoy physical labor and thought forcing anyone to do this without pay was just wrong. Yeah. He just did not feel that that was right, even for a parent to do. Mm-hmm. As well as his parents' religious views were against slavery. Yeah, so, so he grew up with that. So, yeah, so yeah. that really tied it together. He signed on to a local riverboat firm, and during this time, Lincoln and some of his friends took goods by flatboat to New Orleans, and Lincoln witnessed slavery firsthand. Yeah, this is when he... He really saw it. He saw it firsthand, and that was enough for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also a manager in a general store, too. It must have been a pretty big general store to have a manager, I'm imagining. I guess. Because I think a general store isn't just like, you know, mom and pop operation kind of thing. Yeah. So that's all I got for his early life. Uh, as we can tell, there's been a lot of death and a lot of despair in his life so far. Yeah. So we're going to get into his marriage okay, or his uh, relations, let's say. Ooh, fancy. Lincoln's first romantic interest was with Anne Rutledge, who he first met when he moved to New Salem. And they were in a relationship in 1835, but they were not formally engaged. They were just kind of cash. Ooh, very nice. Yeah. She, she died, though, August 25th, 1835, most likely from typhoid fever. Oh, so short but sweet. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So another death in Abe's life, you know. Yeah. Then there was Mary Owens. Uh, he agreed to marry Mary. That's <laughs> hard to say. <laughs> if she returned to New Salem. So she went off and he said, if you return to New Salem, I'm going to marry you. Okay. And um, she did come back mm. in November of 1836. And Lincoln courted her for a time, and uh, they both kind of got second thoughts about things, though. Wow. Yeah, and actually, uh, kind of sad, too. I I laugh because of just how, you know, how hard this must have been on Abe. I, I don't know why I laugh at things like that. I'm goofy. Mm-hmm. But on August 16th, 1837, Lincoln wrote Mary a letter and in that letter, he suggested that he would not blame her if they ended or if she wanted to end the relationship. 
and she never replied to him. <laughs> oh, poor Abe. Or we don't know of any replies. I guess replaced. that's maybe true. <laughs> well, I get you know because back then, I my guess would be that for a man to cancel the engagement, like that would be pretty scandalous for her. Like there would need to be a real reason that you know he found out about something bad with her character, or then that he would be at fault for not following through with his obligation, yeah, well, you know? And so, it, but if she decided, no, I don't want you, then it was better for everybody in the yeah. situation well, is my guess. Abe was not, was not above uh, canceling a marriage. Ah. As we're going to find out. Okay. Um, so here is Mary Todd. Ooh, okay. Okay. As we all know Mary Todd was his wife. Well, I, some of us know I, yes. Mary Todd became his wife, but um, they had a interesting relationship. Um, she was the daughter of a wealthy slave owner. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, right. And actually, um, Abe, you know, was good friends with her family. He didn't hold it against them that mm. they were slave owners. You know? mm. I mean, I'm sure he said he didn't approve of it. I'm just making stuff up. I don't know if he said that at all. I'm just, <laughs> I'm Abe Lincoln and I disagree. <laughs> That's my impression of Abraham Lincoln. Okay, we've yeah. got it on the books. So they met in Springfield in December of 1839 and they were engaged a year later. The wedding was supposed to happen on January 1st, 1841, but Lincoln called it off. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I they, think it was, if I remember though, that was really scandalous of him to do that. Yeah, well, they were on a break. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they reconciled though and got married on November 4th, 1892. Oh, okay. There is a story that Wait, goes 92? along. 92 or 42? 1842, I think. Yeah, not 1892. He was dead already. That would have been really weird. <laughs> I was like, dang, we waited a long time. <laughs> Although to go I back. think in Japan, um, it's okay to marry ghosts. Oh. We should do an episode on we that. We should one day. do an yeah. episode on that. Yeah. So 1842. Yes. Okay. Thank you for catching that. <laughs> um, but there is a story that goes along with this that I found, I found interesting. Um, I don't know if it's true or not, but this is what I heard. Um, so they. They got back together and they had uh, relations. Mm. And um, she told him the next day, she goes, um, you know, we had relations and I may or may not be pregnant, so you should marry me. Oh, yeah. And so he's like, all right, I have to, I guess, because yeah. well, you may you, or may not. I mean, this is true. Yeah. Back then, especially. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, exactly. Live, yeah, follow, follow through, Abe. Yep. So while he was anxiously preparing the nuptials, though, Lincoln was asked where he was going, and he replied, to hell, I suppose. <laughs> There's a lot of funny things that he said. There's a lot of funny things Especially when it comes to Mary Todd. You mm. know, I, I don't know if their relationship was very healthy. Hmm. Although she mourned him greatly. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, I do think they had some positive aspects, but they definitely had their quarrels as well, I'm sure. Yeah. Another story that I heard was that um, so someone had called out Lincoln and said, I need you to apologize for what your wife did mm. to, to his daughter. Mm. And uh, Lincoln heard the man. And then said, can't you endure for five minutes what I have to endure my entire life? Oh. <laughs> 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 All 
All right. So that's what I have for for their marriage. Okay. Now we're going to move on to the next part, his elections. Mm. This is something that not a lot of people think about, too, because they think, well, he must have been, you know, being elected to political positions. And just like you would think of now, you know, usually politicians move up mm-hmm. and they keep moving up. They don't just, you know, pop into the scene, unlike some politicians that are mm-hmm. now in office. But anyways, uh, at age at the age of 23, uh, Lincoln was elected militia captain during the Black Hawk Wars beginning in 1832. So this wasn't really a political position, but he used it as that. He didn't see any combat during this time, uh, although he was he was a man that could wrestle. And I, you know, some people say that he never lost a match. Some people say he lost one or two. Hmm. But they all definitely say that he was a very strong man. Wow. Um, but at this time is where his political and social education really began. I see. So he lost his first election for general general assembly but won his second in 1834 and served four terms as a member of the Whig Party. And is this the state general assembly? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, So he was a member of the Whig Party at that time. Okay. While serving in the general assembly, he started a pretty successful law practice in Springfield without a law degree, as we said. Oh, gotcha. Right. Okay. It's crazy. Uh, Is this also when he started hunting vampires? No. That was after he died. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, so he he lost another four elections. Uh, one of them was for U.S. Congress, um, U.S. House of Representatives, I'm assuming, because it, it just says U.S. Congress. Yeah. But then he lost two for the U.S. Senate. Mm-hmm. Well, and note, and just as a note here, too, that back then to be elected to the, the Senate, you weren't elected by the people. You were elected by the state yeah. assembly. The yeah. state assembly would choose the senator, at least in Illinois at that yeah. point. So it was all super political super and kind of crazy. Yeah. Super shady. Uh, and he also lost a campaign for vice president. Mm-hmm. Because they would campaign for this kind of thing back mm-hmm. then. It was, uh, it was kind of voted on. Yeah. Um, by 1858, though, he was a national player. I don't know how. He, was, <laughs> he only was in the General Assembly. You know? Well, I mean, he did, though. I mean, he really he campaigned for other people. Yes. He did do a lot. He um, did a lot of debates. He did a lot of debating. Yeah. Yeah, he did, he did travel um, to New York and spoke there to try to raise awareness. So, and yeah. we really tried to get him on the show to help with the debate here, but <laughs> he's deceased, so it didn't work out. Well, we'll just see. <laughs> Maybe he'll come. Yeah, um, but by 1958, he was a national player in the New Republican Party, mm-hmm. which um, does not really resemble too much the modern day Republican Party. So yeah. when you, when you think of things, there were different concerns back then and they took different stances on things. Yeah. I mean, well, we, there were the Whigs, the, then there was the Republican party formed. There were the Democrats, which also look nothing like the Democrats today. Yeah. I mean, again, just very different. And then there was also a party called the know nothings. Yeah. I would have been in that probably. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been a know-nothing, because my last name is Harrington. I know nothing. Oh, uh, Like Kit, like Kit Harrington, you know? Yeah. Okay, uh, so... Um, very, com- very Lots of changes happening in the political yeah. scene, basically. So he didn't really suspect that he was going to be um, nominated for president of the United States, so he didn't even attend the Republican Convention of 1860. 
Yeah. I mean, he had been, he had been working at things, but I, I don't know that he thought it was going to happen. No, I really don't think he thought it was going to happen at all. He just didn't show up. I mean, if you thought it was going to happen, that would have been a great place to push your political agenda. Yeah. And he didn't even show up because, I don't, you know. But he, I mean, he was campaigning. Yeah. I mean, what, but it was more that others were campaigning for him, I think. But also it was uh, not done like it is now where yeah. we vote, you know, on people that are going to get the nomination. Uh, it was all just other politicians. Oh, right. Exactly. It yeah. wasn't like the the public really voted. It was the party voted. Right. Pretty right. much. Yeah. So he won the election for president. Spoiler alert. Yes. <laughs> but he did it by securing votes in the North. Right. Okay, because he lost badly in Southern states. Yes. I mean, like, landslide. Like, they did not like him at all. Well, because he was anti-slavery. Um, yeah, he definitely he definitely was anti-slavery. That's definitely why they didn't like him. But his victory prompted seven Southern states to succeed from the Union and create the Confederate States of America. Yeah, they wanted to do that right before he took office. Yes. Yeah. So this was... Before he even moved into the White oh, House. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there were numerous death threats uh, that were made on Lincoln, and he decided uh, to take an earlier train into Washington, D.C. than was expected. Ooh, is this when those, um, the uh, private investigator, the- Pinkerton. Pinkertons. Yeah. Is this the Pinkertons? Yeah, Pinkerton uh, advised him to to go in early, and he did. Nice. So when, you know, because there was actually people that said that they were going to kill him as soon as he got off the train. Right. And there were people waiting for him at the time he would have gotten off the train. Wow. So if he didn't go earlier, he would have he would have died earlier yeah. than that. Yeah. Uh, although he might have whipped out one of his stakes and slayed those vampires. You never know. <laughs> So I thought that was interesting, though, that he, you know, that that the Civil War actually started when he was ele- when he was elected. Yeah, pretty before much. he even took office. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we were obviously heading down that path, but Definitely. that was the event that triggered a lot. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're gonna fast forward a lot, okay? Because we're not gonna talk about his, you know, time in office. Although we're going to talk about some of the stuff that happened to him during his time in mm-hmm. office, because we're going to talk about the death of his sons. And uh, how Mary Todd won a little cuckoo there at the yeah, end. Yeah, well. Uh, so before we get into the deaths of his sons, I thought we should talk about something that is speculated about Abe. He did not believe in or- organized religion, and some would say that he was an atheist. Uh, Lincoln openly admitted to his lack of faith. He spoke out about about God, but refused to say, or he spoke about God. Excuse me, he spoke about God but refused to say he was a Christian. Mm-hmm. So there were times that he would say, you know, something related to God, but he would never admit that he was a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and every U.S. president has been a member of a church except for Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, though I will say, I know I've heard speculation that a lot of the founding fathers were... They were deist. Yeah, they yeah. weren't necessarily, you know... No, but they they, did have religious beliefs. Yeah, or they claimed to anyways. Yeah. Um, So this really hurt uh, Abraham Lincoln's chances of getting into political office, though, because he wouldn't say he was a Christian, even though he realized it could hurt him in his elections because nobody prior to him and nobody after him Mm -hmm. has not been a member of some church. Yeah. Um, 
He did start to become more interested with the idea of religion as he got older after losing his, his sons. Yeah. So he had four sons. Robert Todd, Todd Lincoln, which was born in 1843. He was the one that lived to a normal age. Yes. And had kids. Yes. And carried the line out till I believe it was 1985 or 1995. It's one of the fives. In, yeah. Um, so the Lincoln line has now all but dwindled out. Yes. The name, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then there was Edward Baker Lincoln, Eddie. He was born in 1846, and Edward died on February 1st, 1850, so at the age of four, and it was he probably died of tuberculosis. Oh, that's so sad. So this is before Lincoln got into office. Okay. But um, yeah, it was devastating to him and to his wife. Wow. Uh, they wanted to have another child, so Willie Lincoln was born on December 21st, 1850, and died of a fever on February 20th, 1862. Oh. This is what really rocked the core of Abraham Lincoln. And was this while he was in office? This is while he was in yeah. office, yeah. And he was oftentimes seen um, at his gravesite, mm. and he would talk to him, or he would just stare off into the distance. Yeah. Um, and then there was Thomas Tad Lincoln, which was born on... April 4th, 1853, and died of heart failure on July 15th, 1871. This was after uh, Abraham Lincoln's death, though. Okay, so I gotcha. Yeah, because Abraham Lincoln died in 1865. Okay. So the deaths of their sons had profound effects on both parents. I'd like Mm -hmm. to just talk a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Sure. So Abe suffered from melancholy. Uh, It's a condition that was later referred to as clinical depression. Yeah, I would imagine. Mary struggled with the stresses of losing her son and later her husband, uh, Robert, Robert Todd Lincoln, Mm -hmm. initiated proceedings to have her institutionalized. There was, yeah, there was actually a trial and a jury committed her to a mental health asylum in 1875 that was located in Batavia, Illinois, called Bellevue Place. That's right down the street from uh, where we are right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of scary. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, and I've seen the building many times, so Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, She devised a plan, though, to escape, Uh, and that involved sneaking letters to to her attorney and the Chicago Times newspaper alerting the public of what was happening to her. Wow. And once the public found out, there was outcry. Um, she eventually got out. So she was in there for a few months, like four months Crazy. or something. And she died 11 years to the day of her youngest son. Wow. And this was after, and you, and this was after her husband, after Lincoln passed away. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, isn't it also true that while they were in the White House? I mean, I'm just, just, thinking that I've heard this, did she do like seances and things to contact her sons and all that? Yes. So Abraham Lincoln was not a spiritualist at all. Mm -hmm. But remember, we talked about in the last few episodes that um, the spiritualist movement really started around the Civil War. Yeah. Because people were losing losing their children and losing their spouses and their siblings. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So people turned to spiritualism, and Mary Todd was one of those. Yeah. Because of the deaths of her sons. Sure. So she really turned to it. And yeah, she would have seances right in the White House. Okay. I know that probably helps your case a little Spooky. bit. Spooky. Yeah. So it's been like 35 minutes already, so I think it's time we should take a break. <laughs> I think it's a good idea. Okay. Hey, Rebecca, guess what? What's that? Well, you know how we want Ghostly to not only tell and debate great stories, but also to give back to those in need? We do. Yeah, well, I've discovered this new app called PodCoin that lets you donate to charities with a currency you earn just for listening to our podcast or any podcast. That's awesome. Yeah, on PodCoin, you earn their digital currency, PodCoin, just for listening to podcasts. That sounds easy. It is. You can then donate your PodCoin to charities who will get real money donations. And you can also choose to save your PodCoin over time and exchange it for other rewards like Amazon and Starbucks. That's great. Who doesn't like Starbucks? Um, I hope no one. Yeah. Because I love Starbucks. Yeah, they'll give you um, gift cards right cool. there. And you could donate those gift cards too. You could, yeah. So download PodCoin in the App Store or in Google Play and use our special code GHOSTLY to receive 300 PodCoins just for checking it out. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. You know, I forgot to add in his history... Probably one of the highlights of, of his career. What's that? Uh, that he was in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and he delivered a most excellent speech. Are you going to tell us that speech now? Four score and about seven minutes ago. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's how it started. Your so, obsession with Lincoln? Uh, my obsession with Lincoln happened because I was born in Illinois. Yeah, pretty much. It's like a, it's just a requirement for right? living here. Yeah. And he up had here. a beard. He did have a beard. That's true. Yes. He looked ridiculous without his beard. I, I don't know about ridiculous. I, he did. Yeah. I think he was, I put up a picture of him on Instagram when he was yes. younger. Yeah, he's not bad. Some people say he grew the beard because he had like some kind of skin element that. Oh. Yeah, that forced him into it. Huh. I thought it was to make him look older so people would take him more seriously. Mm, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. All right. So I believe you have a ghost story to tell us. And then we're just going to wrap this all up and call it a day. No, it's ghostly. So now we get to talk about the ghost stuff. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've learned about the person, yes, right? The and human. The human. And now, you know, and his tragic life. Now we're going to hear some of the stories that people have told about Lincoln even after his death. All right. Okay. So here's my ghost story for today. Imagine getting the opportunity to spend the night in the White House as a child. You're friends with the president's daughter, and she invites you over for one amazing sleepover. Not only do you get to sleep in the White House, you also get to sleep in the Lincoln bedroom, the room where he worked and studied, making some of the most important decisions of, in the history of our country. You settle in for bed, 
feeling a little uneasy at all the power you feel in the building and in this room, but you manage to fall asleep until you're woken up by a rapping at the door, a loud tapping that sounds purposeful and demanding. When you go to open the door, there's no one there. But when you close the door and turn around, you see a figure, a tall, elegant shadow standing by the fireplace. He doesn't look at you, but stands looking pensive and sad, so sad. Before you even have the wits to say anything, he raises his head, gives you one look and a slight nod before fading away. Wow. Seems very Lincoln-ish. Yes. Or written in the voice of Lincoln or something. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's kind of yeah. an amalgam of a bunch of different stories that people tell. So Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I guess we should do this debate thing. I do have to say we have a lot of evidence to cover, so we should just hop right in and yeah. start doing it. Let's do it. Just like we had a lot of history, we had a lot of evidence. Yes. Okay, so first I wanted to talk about a few sightings by first ladies. Okay. Yes. So Grace Coolidge okay. is one of the first ladies that said in a series of American Magazine articles that she wrote herself, um, she confessed to uh, once seeing the image of President Lincoln standing by a window in what had been his office, and then now what is his, this called the Lincoln bedroom, mm -hmm. it's been turned into a bedroom. Um, his momentary manifestation, Mrs. Coolridge reported further. Coolridge. Coolridge, sorry. Had him look uh, looking out over, uh, the out the window at Virginia in the distance, looking across the Potomac River to the battlefield, which he would do. Yes. In life. Yeah. You would. So, yeah, that's, uh, it's really interesting story and i know she was one of the first people that spotted abraham lincoln's ghost yes i've i've read a lot about grace coolidge and something that i found interesting is that uh she had a lot of guests come to the white house and she would oftentimes have them stay in the lincoln bedroom and each one of them before they would turn in that night she made sure to tell them her story of seeing Abraham Lincoln. Mm. So I, I think it's something that Grace Coolidge made up or she was more imaginative in her telling of this story. And by passing this information on, it made other people feel the need to see something or that they weren't as special as the other guests. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So that's, I mean. I don't know. I just know if I saw Lincoln, I'd tell everybody. But right before they'd go to sleep? Yeah. And oh, yeah. And put him in the same room that you <laughs> saw him in? Right? You got to give everybody the opportunity. I just think it taints all the other evidence then that comes after it. Even after, you know, Grace Coolidge uh, had, had passed, people heard of these stories. People read her accounts. Mm. And especially if you're going to sleep in the Lincoln bedroom, you want to know the history of this room. Mm -hmm. History of, you know, the room that's named after a great man. Although in his day, they didn't call it the Lincoln bedroom because no, that was not his bedroom. It wasn't a bedroom and yeah, yeah. he didn't sleep there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, well, there's another first lady. Okay. Uh, 
none other than the great, my favorite, Eleanor Roosevelt. Yes. Amazing, amazing woman. Um, she actually worked in that room. It was still a study yes. at that point. Um, and she would, um, or I'm sorry, she, it was just to the west of that. She was right yeah. ne- next to the bedroom. Um, but anyways, she, uh, she said she never saw the ghost, but she felt Lincoln's presence. Okay. Uh, well, you're in a house that has housed some of, the, some of our greatest leaders. Not all, but some of our greatest leaders. Um, you know, I, I think it's very common to feel the, pre- the presence of great men and women in a place like the White House. I mean, you see pictures of them all over the place. There's there's items from them. You know, they have some of Lincoln's furniture that he had brought in and stuff. Um, you know, so it's I think it's very common to feel that kind of a presence. If you stop for even a second to ponder all the history that took place there, I mean, geez, that's so much. Uh, but I don't believe that it's his ghost, as I believe it's just overwhelming feeling of history is the presence. Well, she didn't claim to feel any other president's presence, um, but she definitely said she felt Lincoln's. Well, I mean, Lincoln was one of the greatest presidents that we ever had. True. You know, I, some would some would argue greater than George Washington even. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Some. Some. I don't know if everyone would. but I know it's hard to choose. Definitely better than Andrew Jackson. I'm just going to say that. Put it out. Wow. There. Put it out there. So oh. when we do our Andrew Jackson episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I realize I kind of flip flopped the order a little bit. So the but I want to talk, can I talk about Lady Bird Johnson since she's another first lady. Yes. Okay. Um, so she watched a television documentary about Lincoln. And then she strongly sensed his presence in the long hallway of the private quarters, which ran from the west end of the family quarters to the east end, where in Lincoln's day, his office had been located. So she watched the documentary. Yeah, I was just going to say that. And then sensed his presence. Okay, so yeah, isn't that kind of ironic, right? <laughs> um, I wonder if she would have felt his presence had she not watched that documentary and been in the exact building where you know where he lived till his dying day <laughs> for you know a few years. But still, I mean, I wonder if she would have felt that kind of a presence. And just feeling a presence doesn't necessarily mean that there's a ghost. I mean. You're you're in a room where great history has taken place. You're you're in you're you're amongst their relics. You're you're there. Isn't it possible to feel something and not have it be that there's a spiritual connection to it? I suppose it's possible. Just kind of interesting that so many people. Well, how do you feel? About they feel about it. First Lady Johnson's watching of the documentary and then feeling the presence that I don't know. I will say that one is a little shakier to me. I mean, Eleanor Roosevelt, I love and I trust and she was an amazing lady. So yeah. I feel a little bit more if she bothers to say, I mean, she would not, I don't think she would say that she felt the presence if she didn't really feel it. This one but I'm not as sure about because you've never, you've never been in a spot in history where you feel the presence of that, of that history. 
No, I mean, I feel like I can imagine the history, but no, I don't like feel like, oh my gosh, she's here with me or she's here with me. Like I don't, I mean. Yeah, I don't know to the extent of what they felt the presence. It doesn't really get into that. It doesn't really get into, you know, that they felt like his cold hand touching them or something. No, there's not that specificity out there. Yeah, so I mean, just feeling the presence of it, to me, doesn't necessarily say ghostly, but that, I mean, what a powerful feeling that must be to to feel that, though. Yes, very much. Yeah. Now, the next couple stories, though, little more, little more to them. Okay. Okay. So another woman, but not a first lady. Okay. We're going to Europe. Okay. So Holland's Queen Wilhelmina. Uh huh. Rose. She was sleeping in the Lincoln bedroom, or maybe she, I don't know. She was sleeping in the White House. She heard a knock mm-hmm. and it woke her up. She goes to her bedroom door because, you know, you think I mean, you're staying at someone else's house. You're like, oh, someone's locking at the door. I better answer. Uh, sees the ghost of Lincoln and faints. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, she fainted. That's something right there. Yeah. You know? I mean, that but would take something. It would, yeah. But, I mean, her fainting... Makes me wonder if there was something more medical going on with her. I mean, you know, she could have had low blood sugar, high blood pressure. I'm not sure. Uh, But it could be something medical, though. I mean, that would make sense, right? Something medical that would cause you to faint and to have a hallucination? Maybe. Seems a bit extreme. Well, I mean, extreme times call call for extreme measures. (laughs) It's a Karate Kid reference. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. But as for the knocking on the door, uh, she might have heard something from another room. I mean, there are a ton of rooms in the White House. And to hear something knocking on a neighboring room, it just it, that wouldn't be unheard of. I guess I would go with that if she opened the door and didn't see anything. She's like, I heard knocking. I went to the door. Nothing was there. Yeah. Okay. Maybe there's, you know, knocking in some other room. But yeah. I, I don't know. I just... To me, I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of accounts of people. And, and this debate, we're only debating some of the top evidence. There's tons of evidence that people say that they've saw Lincoln's ghost. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, so many people that have worked in the White yeah. House. I mean, I'm just, you know, this is a queen. So I yeah. thought I better tell the queen story. The queen? Well. I wouldn't call her the queen. The queen I mean, of Holland. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, if you want your queen I to mean, be the hashtag, queen of England, I mean, that's fine. not my queen. Not my queen. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, for us, it's Beyonce, you know? That's yeah, where, exactly. It's our, yeah. Exactly. All right, let's <laughs> move on. <then. laughs> let's move on. All right, so this is the big story. The big one. This is a big one. Um, Winston Churchill. Yes, Winston yes. Churchill. Yes, so this is a story told about Winston Churchill that he was staying in the Lincoln bedroom during World War II. He was said to have hopped out of a long bath, which he was known to do. He took lots of long baths late at night. And then he walked naked into the bedroom. Which also was something that he was known to do a lot in the White House. Yes. He liked to go nude in the White House (laughs) for some reason. Hey, man, it's Winston Churchill. He's like, I don't care. Whatever. Yeah, I don't want to see Winston Churchill naked, but anyways, go <laughs> anyway, ahead. So he walks out to the main bedroom only to see Lincoln himself leaning against the fireplace. The two look at each other, obviously feeling a little bit vulnerable. Uh, so Churchill reportedly said, good evening, Mr. President. You seem to have me at a disadvantage. 
Lincoln's ghost supposedly smiled a little and then faded away. Hmm. And then Churchill refused to stay in that bedroom ever again. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I actually heard that he didn't stay in that bedroom very often at all. I heard that he would uh, oftentimes stay in the room across the way from that bedroom. Mm. But anyways, but that was very Churchill-like. I could definitely, you know, uh, like if I close my eyes, I, I could picture that encounter. And that kind of makes me giggle a little bit. Yeah, it's a funny story. Especially the vulnerabilities because, you know, Churchill's all naked and yeah. Lincoln's like bodiless. Right. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like that. That's something. But um, so Churchill and Lincoln have a lot in common, actually. Uh, they both were great leaders that shaped the world. Um, what a lot of people don't know about Churchill is that he suffered from chronic depression as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah, uh, just like Lincoln. Mm -hmm. um, both of those men carried the weight of the world on their shoulders. And it, it must have, he must have thought about this often. You know, both, both of them mm -hmm. must have thought about what they're doing and if they're making the right choices for their people, not just for themselves, but for their people. You know, that's really powerful. Um, so many lives were in their hands. Uh, the burden of this had to be so great. And this did add to his depression, uh, Churchill's depression. Although, you know, some people say that Churchill actually... Um, you know, was was energized by the idea of the war, but um, during during the wars, uh, Churchill lost like twenty pounds. Wow! So yeah, I think he was overcome with stresses during this time, uh, which is well documented by his um, by his doctor, although it was coded, mm. and uh, there was journals that he had kept, and it was it was coded and. They kind of deciphered that to be his depression. Gotcha. It was called like the black dog or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a long history with that. I don't want to get into that right now. Um, so Churchill also suffered a heart attack while at the White House. Whoa. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. Yeah. So he, it was minor, but he, but he suffered a heart attack. Churchill was also known to self-medicate himself from his depression. Well, a lot of people did that, still do. Yeah, and his way of self-medicating was drinking a lot. So this is what I fear more the, Lincoln's, the Lincoln sighting was, is Churchill in a drunken stupor. Interesting. You know? But I would like to bring up another thing, though, that I don't... I don't know if you've addressed or if you've thought about, but also, too, this is... The same exact story that Churchill said about the very living Roosevelt at that time. He said that he caught him naked, and he said the exact same words to him. Mm, interesting. Except I don't think he called him, you know, Lincoln. <laughs> that would have been <laughs> well, really... Well, no, he uh, said Mr. President. Mr. President. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. so it's exactly the same story, just mm. told with somebody that's deceased. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. I will say, because I... I 
The only thing I like the Churchill story a lot, but it it isn't a first person account where the other ones are. Yeah. The other ones are the people saying this is what happened to me. Yeah. Whereas I don't think we have a record of Churchill himself telling this story. It's just what sure. other people say he told them. Ooh, yeah. So he said, she said. Yeah. Stuff. So maybe yeah. I guess we don't know. Maybe it was Roosevelt. Maybe it was Lincoln. Oh, maybe it was both at the same time. <laughs> you never know. All right. What else you got for me? Okay. Two more things here. So first is there are also a couple of presidents okay. that let's, have said. Let's do both of them yeah, together. Yeah, we'll, no, yeah. So we'll put those together and then yeah. there'll be one more thing. So um, so President Eisenhower once told his press secretary, James Haggerty, that he was walking down a hallway when he spied a figure coming down the hall straight towards him. After a moment, he realized it was Lincoln. Okay. And then there was President Truman who never saw Lincoln. But according to one story, he believed that Phantom knocks on the door um, to his office or I don't know, wherever he was at, um, were caused by Lincoln. So the wrappings often happened while he was working on important speeches. Truman's daughter, Margaret, said that her father actually wished Lincoln and other deceased presidents would stop by. He said, he, I, uh, I'm sure they're here, he told her. I won't lock my doors or bar them if any of the old coots... Uh, if the pictures want to, of the oh, sorry in the pictures want to come out of their frames for a friendly chat. Okay, well, those are very interesting. Um, so the the thing about President Eisenhower, I'd like to think about for a second that um, like he didn't say that he disappeared or anything. So if you were in the White House and you saw Lincoln walking down the hallway. Wouldn't you follow him? Wouldn't you like try to stop him? Or would you just watch as he turned the corner? Well, my guess is that he didn't realize till he had passed that it was Lincoln. And by that point, that the figure was gone. Yeah, I saw Sean Connery that way. Wow. I was, yeah, I was in an elevator in the Hancock building. And, uh, and we were in the parking garage and uh, we got on the elevator and he got on after me and the people I was with. And he said, um, fourth floor, please. And so I pressed that and I was like, this guy looks familiar and his voice sounds so familiar. And then the elevator stopped, the doors opened, he got out, he turned around and kind of winked at us. And I was like, it's Sean Connery. But was it really? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't have a chance to ask him. Wow. So is it possible that he could have made a mistake? That it could have been somebody else? Maybe, but I don't know. I think Lincoln's pretty, I mean, six foot four. He's yeah. pretty well, unique. Well, you would think that you would know that right away then and not take But like if time. you're thinking and you're not really like looking around, you know, and all of a sudden you just, someone's coming down the hallway. I'm sorry. I would know right away. <laughs> I, I mean, it's Abraham Lincoln. Abraham freaking Lincoln, okay? <laughs> All right. Uh, so another thing I want to talk about is, um, so the Phantom knocks again come up, you know, mm -hmm. and I already discussed that, um, that it could have been, you know, in another room. There's a lot of rooms in the White House. Have you seen the Lincoln bedroom? I know you were in the White I, House. I've taken the tour, yeah. So you saw the Lincoln bedroom? Yeah, I think it was, I think that's part of it, yeah. Is there a lot of other rooms around that area? 
I, it's it's been a long time, but I'm sure there are. From what I understand about the White House, that there's a lot of like secret entrances, and, and it's stuff. a lot smaller than you think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But there's a lot of like corridors that you can't tell that there's a door someplace, but there's a door there. Yeah, like in like in the Oval Office, for instance, there is no doorknobs. Yes, that's true. So I mean, there's a lot of hidden passageways. There's a lot of Secret Service going around. Could be something like that, or it could just be that. You know, it was some other room. But, you know, I want to say about the presidents, which president, I mean, like the people, the two presidents that people always try to be like are JFK and Abraham Lincoln. They all have some kind of connection to them. They all have some kind of want to be them. And, you know, like everybody's like, you know, I'm the modern day JFK or, you know, whatever. These are these are two presidents that were assassinated before they had a chance to really do more. They did big things and then were assassinated. And I believe that that right there, you know, really impacts people and want, you have a want to see these people and a want to have a connection with them. But also, he did say he kind of like invited Lincoln to come out and see him. And he didn't. You know, he said that he's not going to lock his doors and, you know, he's sure that they're there. Well, why didn't they go visit him then? Maybe they didn't want to. Okay. Well, I'm just saying he gave him an opportunity. <laughs> All right. All right. Last last section here. Okay. Um, we're actually going to move from the White House because it, it, we are a Chicago-based podcast. we got to do a little Illinois All right. as part of our thing. So we've got uh, sightings in Springfield, okay. Illinois. So a little yes. bit of history here. Um, sightings of the former president have been told um, almost since the day his body arrived in Springfield, May 3rd, 1865. Um, he lied in state at the Capitol, the state Capitol, for a night. The body was placed in a receiving vault in Oak Ridge Cemetery. In December, his remains were removed to a temporary vault not far um, from his new proposed memorial site. In 1871, three years after laborers uh, had begun constructing the permanent tomb, the body of Lincoln and those of his three youngest sons were placed in crypts in the unfinished structure. The construction of the permanent tomb lasted for years, and it was um, at this time that the first sightings of Abraham Lincoln, the ghost Abraham Lincoln, were reported. So kind of like he's in the crypt, and they're, they're finishing building it. Okay. And people start to see him. Um, they would report hearing sounds of crying and footsteps near the site. In 1874, upon completion of the memorial... Lincoln's remains were interred in a marble sarcophagus in the center of a chamber known as the catacombs or burial room, which I have been to. Okay. Yes. Um, in 1876, however, after several Chicago criminals broke into the tomb intending to kidnap the corpse and hold it for ransom. Bleh, that sounds cr Sorry, this is, I guess, a side story I put in here. Um, but the attempt failed as uh, one of the men was uh, actually in the Secret Service. <laughs> Oh, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I've I've heard that on the History Channel. Yeah, and also I think it was an alien too. Oh, that could be. It was the History Channel. So, yeah, that's yeah. true. Okay. <laughs> Over the years, legends have persisted, um, but tourists and staff members report uncomfortable feelings, phantom footsteps, whispers, muffled voices, and weeping. I will say, however, I didn't ex I did not experience any of those things myself when there. Yeah, um, I was there as a kid uh, before I knew about the Abraham Lincoln ghost. 
So I had nothing to corrupt me at all in my thoughts. Um, and yeah, I saw nothing as well. Uh, but that doesn't speak for the people that believe that they have saw things. And also we, we have a fan that uh, asked us to do more Springfield stuff or to do some Springfield stuff. Well, we'll stuff. need to, to take a look at Springfield. I'm sure yeah. there's a lot of ghosty stuff around there. Absolutely. Lots of ghost chewers down there. And she had said that definitely Lincoln's around. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a tough call because where would a ghost most likely be? Would they be in their home? Would they be in, like, why there? Like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't his home. It was a, it was a tomb. Um, and people saw him, him there before his body was there. Uh, you know, it's like well, his body was there, just wasn't in the final marble, yeah, thing. But yeah, well, you said that uh, you said that in 1871, three years after laborers had begun constructing the permanent tomb, uh, were, were okay. They were placed in the crypts. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were there. They just weren't like in their like final part. But still, I mean, I guess I my my thought is maybe that's where his kids' bodies are. So that's so, where he would be. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I can't. I can't really speak for this because uh, there's no specific evidence, you know, for it or against it. You know what? I just think that there's a certain amount of uh, heartache that happens to a community when a great leader dies, and unfortunately, this heartache has transcended with um, with Lincoln because of just how great of a leader he was. Um, for his time and forever. I mean, he will forever be known as one of the greatest presidents. Uh, even though I don't think that we're totally 100% clear on what he did and what he didn't do. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, there's such heartache for that. And I just believe it's like a community mourning still his death, mm -hmm. still wanting to see some kind of fragment, some kind of, some have some kind of experience with this great man that they've heard so much about and they've learned so much about. Mm -hmm. Well, he's, he also, uh, there's reports that people give of seeing him um, around the courthouse in Springfield okay. and around his home that he did. You know, I mean, like, obviously he lives in the White House, but he yeah. did actually have a house in Springfield that's been restored yes. to what it was like. Um, I will say though, so there's reports of people seeing Lincoln. There's also more reports actually of people seeing Mary. Yeah. Um, but the park service, the people that actually work there will den like deny any activity. Yeah. yeah, actually I was reading a book and I, I didn't reach out to the person, so I can't say her name, but in 1998, uh, the, one of the curators for the, um, for his house, said in particular that she's never seen anything or she um, neither she nor anyone she knows has had a ghostly encounter there. It's just kind of interesting to me because so many other places that we've talked about, the people that work there talk about ghostly sightings. She says no. Yeah. And you would think the curator of his house would know something. I, you know, but then- and she so says she's never even heard of anybody that's- yeah. So well, no, I'm, I mean, there are people that report stuff, but yeah, that's But true. I'm going to call that debunked. 
<laughs> I'm going to say well, that. Except that when the people that work there do say stuff, then the claim is that they are just saying it to get tourists. Yeah, to and come. they might be. But <laughs> if somebody specifically says no, it doesn't mean, well, maybe they did then. <laughs> no, this is for reals this time. Yeah. All right. So. So Lincoln's everywhere. His Lincoln's ghost is everywhere, basically. I have actually seen him on a copper coin that I that I have. <laughs> really? Yeah, several. Interesting. Like Interesting. any copper coin. Have you ever seen him on any money? Yes, I have on Ooh. some bills. You know, it's really weird. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's spooky (laughs) so i think that's it for the debate right yeah we need to wrap this up i I definitely won that one then uh listen we've got some closing arguments (laughs) all right let's do this closing argument i see you actually prepared something this time i'm excited yeah i don't know how it's gonna go rebecca doesn't usually prepare it she kind of makes it up as she goes along at the end not to say that it's not you know based on facts that she's already read but she usually leaves it open to our talk and then she comes up with something. She already wrote something down. Yeah, we'll see. I may add to it. I may change it. All right. So let me get my phone ready. You're going to get, you're going to so time me. Can you explain to them what this closing argument is? Oh, yeah. Is? So at the end of every episode, Pat and I each get one minute to, just like at the end of a trial, right? You get your closing arguments. We get to have our closing arguments, kind of wrap everything up uh, for you, the listener. And then remember, in a couple of days, go yes. on Facebook. And you'll be able to vote. Well, you can go on Facebook right now if you well, want you to. Well, you can go right now, but we'll post the poll in a couple of days. Yeah. And also, you can go on YouTube yes. and subscribe. Yes. Not that there will be polls on there, and we're usually an episode behind on there, but um, but still, you could go on there and find Ghostly there. You can. Just search for Ghostly. You got it. All right, Rebecca. Okay, you ready? Here is a one-minute timer. Let me know when you are ready. I'm ready. Go. The White House is a powerful place. Powerful people live and work there, and the energy is one that is always alive and active. I don't think that building sleeps. When Lincoln lived there, it was filled with many emotions, but certainly sadness was one that was dominant. Not just the sadness at the state of the country and all of the people that died, but also his personal sadness, the loss of his children, the pressure of that. Being president at one of, if not the most difficult, one of the most difficult times in all of U.S. history, as well as losing another child. You had already lost one before this. Add to that a violent and untimely death, which we didn't talk about his assassination very much, but that is a big part of it. And it seems really likely to me that his spirit and energy would linger on this earth. And he was such a powerful presence that to me, the fact that some of his energy would be at the White House and some of his energy would be in Springfield seems very, very plausible. Oh, Oh, time up. You're all out of time. <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, that was that was really good. Thank you. And I'm going to actually touch upon some of those same kind of concepts in mine. Ooh. Too, so. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. And go. So if there was one president that would still haunt this earth, it would be Lincoln. I mean, from his great tragedies to his untimely death, it would make Lincoln the best candidate for paranormal activity. This is what I think is happening here. I think so many people believe that there should be a ghost of Lincoln that they're willing to jump to that thought first. When we looked at some of the evidence, uh, very seldomly did anybody confront the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. You would think 
Abraham Lincoln wouldn't be scary to you. He would be a peaceful figure, sad figure. You would confront him. They didn't, except for Churchill, which he was probably drunk, naked, and talking to Roosevelt. And that is all I have to say about that. Drop the mic. Oh, okay. You had, you know, a few seconds left, but all hey, right. I finished quick. Oh, okay. I get to the point, mm, Rebecca. Okay. So there you have it. The life and maybe the afterlife of Lincoln. <laughs> uh, it's up to you what you believe, but please head over to our polls that we'll be putting up on Facebook to let us know what you decide. Yeah, give Pat a break. If you're a skeptic, yes. go vote. Yeah, give Pat a break. <laughs> Good old Pat. Yeah, you know, I mean, one. he's still going to lose, but like maybe yeah. not as badly. Yeah, maybe just give me like 51%, you know? Uh, no, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> it used to happen all the time, I'm just going to say. So, Rebecca, where can they find us on all social media? Uh, under Ghostly or Ghostly Podcast. Ghostly everywhere. Podcast. Ghostly Podcast. If For you... social media, it's always Ghostly Podcast. Yeah. For Go- everything else, it's Ghostly. Facebook, Instagram, uh, you, you mentioned YouTube. Please go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Share yes. it. We we love it. Um, maybe some of our younger listeners might enjoy. Yeah, just search for Ghostly Podcast and look for our logo. Yeah. The same logo you'll see on these episodes. And Twitter. And Twitter, too. We're at Ghostly Podcast. Mm-hmm. So if you're loving Ghostly as much as we are loving doing Ghostly, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find us, and then we could bring you bigger and bigger episodes, bigger yes. and greater episodes. You got it. And don't forget, we have merchandise. We do. Yes, we do. Out on our Zazzle store. If you go to ghostlypodcast.com slash store, yes. or if you go to just ghostlypodcast.com and click on the merchandise link, mm-hmm. it'll take you right there. You can get a t-shirt, and we're going to be adding even more stuff to it. Yes, if you have wanna, a suggestion, let us know. I want to put out some hashtag team believer, hashtag team skeptic, and hashtag team tweeny <laughs> merchandise out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's our episode, but I would like to tell you what our next episode is going to be. So exciting. Yes, this is, this is a big one, and we've been planning this one for a very long yeah, time. Yeah, a long time. Since we started Almost, Ghostly. yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so our next episode... It's been in the works, as I said, since we started. Ghostly will be coming home to Chicagoland area, and we'll be talking about the Eastland disaster. Mm. So many people died in the Eastland disaster that they used what became Harpo Studios. That's Oprah Studios, right? You got it. They used that for a makeshift morgue. And there are almost countless stories of people that have had paranormal experiences in and around that area, and we might have a guest interview. We might. I've been working with this. Yeah. He is he is he is someone that knows more than anybody else about the Eastland disaster. Yes. And we did do some. And it's even, not Mondo. No, it's not Mondo. <laughs> though we love Mondo. Yeah, we do. Um, but also we even did some paranormal investigating at a place where there were some Eastland disaster connection, paranormal activity. Yeah. Like this And just, you could find that on our YouTube channel yes, too. You can. Uh that is the church that we went to in Cicero. Mm-hmm. And we'll tie it all together in our next episode. It's gonna be it's gonna be big. So you really don't want to miss this upcoming episode. It might end up being one of our spookiest episodes thus far. So make sure you subscribe. 
Yeah. Do you have anything else to add before we sign off here? I think I think that's it. All right, everyone. Stay ghostly. Bye.